Welcome to the broadcast, everyone. My name is Vicky Barcelona, and today we have someone a little less broadcastic. Yeah. We have Uncle Chris. No, I, I, that's fair. I'll, I'll own it. Uh, you can call me uh, Gallo Mysterio today. Gallo Mysterio. <laughs> Google it. <laughs> I'm not going to translate that, uh, but I, like, it's always fun to have guys' perspectives on things, too, um, because a lot of the stuff is coming from us, and we'd like to see if we were all on the same page here. Uh, but before we get into today's episode, I would like to point out how you can get a hold of us, because we have got, we got a lot of texts and a lot of messages recently, and we would like to uh, we'd like to share our opinions with you. Um, Facebook is The TheBroad-Cast. Mm -hmm. Give us a good follow on there, because, you know, we appreciate it. Uh, Twitter and Instagram is at TheBroadcast999. Call or text at 253-778-6029 or email us at thebroadcast999 at gmail.com. And when you do text, I get them on our, my little app. So it's almost like you're texting me sometimes directly. It gets a little weird. Yeah. I get a lot of memes. Uh -huh. All right. So one of the things I do want to get out of the way, we have a moose who always texts us. He says, hey, ladies, I just want to say that you guys saved my life and I am better because of it. I'd love to talk to you guys in person via text. Um you can definitely text us or if you come out to like pain in the grass, like we're always there and we're always down to talk to everybody. Like we, that's one of the things we love about events is that we get to hang out with you guys. Yeah. So. Getting, getting up close and personal with the rockaholics, uh, you know, even, even as not being a, a regular part of this particular show, uh, this is as good a place as any for me to air that. That's one of the best things about our job mm -hmm. for my, in my opinion. So yeah, do uh, more. Uh, James did ask last week, hey, is there no podcast this week? We have been having some yeah. technical difficulties, but we did not have a podcast last week because Sarah's in jury duty and I couldn't find anybody last <laughs> second to join in on the podcast. Similar thing happened this week, but yeah. luckily Chris was lovely uh, yeah. enough to join us, which I was very excited for. It's I was fun. the only one who wasn't doing something. No, no. The only I, one I said look yes. forward to it. I love it. Uh, and not to wish bad things on you, Vicky, but I love it when people cancel on you because <laughs> I'm just like hanging out. I don't this, have anything going until a, noon. So this, this is a is different type of podcast for you, too, because yeah. you do a lot of the nerdy ones. I so really do. This is something where we can get a little bit more of what's what's the, the, the inside, deep, personal side of Uncle Chris. Okay. Sometimes we Bring did. We, we did get so we get. We get, actually, you know what? You're right. We got deep last time, and I appreciate the opportunity. Thank uh, you. But yes, yeah, Sarah was in jury duty, and then James also asked. Oh, kind of sad. Hope it's a murder murder trial, and she gets to talk about it later on the podcast. <laughs> I have no idea what it is. I did not yeah. ask, and she's not supposed to talk about it. Yeah, right now it's 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 very hush hush. She can't even mention what type of a trial or you know nothing. Anything. She's nothing. following <laughs> the rules. Zip. She is actually very much like her dad in the sense that she is a rules lawyer. She, if there's a rule like you can't do this, she won't like well. If you're not supposed to, she, when it comes to lying and what you can and can't say, if you said you can't say this, she won't. Right. So she's a steel trap. <laughs> this is true. No, I'm you're gonna, not wrong. Yeah, I'm going to move on because that was funny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, ladies, my name is Eric with an H. H is silent. I've never seen Eric spelled with an H. I, I think that's very German. I was uh, going to say. look that up real quick. But Anyways, on. it says, just wanted to say thank you for the podcast in the morning radio show. I moved from, Seattle, uh, from the Seattle area about 10 years ago, and I've lived all over, and we finally settled in Cincinnati. I've always tried to stream the radio show online when I get a chance, but now with the podcast, I get to listen to you whenever I want. It's always helped me feel more connected to the place I always considered home. I remember when Vicky started on the BJ show and when BJ was complaining about Teenage Sarah. I'm currently listening to the Take a Deep Breath episode, and I just wanted to mm. say to Vicky uh, that even though you may not be where you want in life, I think you represent everything that is right with the millennial generation. As long as I've been listening, you've worked multiple jobs at a time, been a voice of reason to old man PJ and others out of touch with the youth, and it seems like a good and supportive friend. I wish I would have had the opportunity to meet you at the KISW event, and you're the coolest person at the station. Well, might be second coolest to thrill. I 
I don't. That, that's, I don't disagree. Uh, Thrill's yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, that's high praise, actually. It's yeah. Like, anyway, sorry for the long text. Keep rocking. You will get where you want to be. Rock on. And he gave me the little rock on hand. Yeah. I'm like, thanks. Like, that actually means a lot, Eric. Eric. Okay, so this just in. Uh, German, yes, but also uh, it's a common Norse Ooh. baby name. Yes, and so it means you Viking. ruler of the people. That's actually really freaking cool. Yeah, it is. So <laughs> you you go with your bad self, Eric. But Eric. <laughs> Eric. I was pretty it's, Eric, Eric. But it's Eric. I but just like saying we I like fun. we have fun here. Uh, no, but I really appreciate that. That actually means a lot to me. And uh, a lot of people don't really see like I love like I, I get I get real butthurt or real uppity about when people are like you millennials. I'm like, stop. <laughs> stop, please. And especially when they're referring to people younger than me. They're like, oh, that kid's 20. I'm like, that's not a millennial. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Try but again. he's somebody else. Us millennials, we messed up. We didn't do the Tide Pod thing. We ate cinnamon. Like, <laughs> Like a well-functioning adult. We dumped ice water on ourselves when I was. Well, that a was kid. everybody. That's kind of true. Uh, this is this is a, a phenomenon that happens every time the media uh, latches on to a uh, a label like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, I, and I'm going to uh, uh, date myself a little bit for you guys here, but this happened to me with Generation X, and suddenly every everybody was slapping that label on people my age and kids my age, and this is what's wrong with America, or you see the and using that as a as a stereotype. And to justify it, or complain about something. Yeah, yeah, precisely. And and it becomes not racist is the, is the wrong term, but it become you, you it creates a social bias against yeah. anybody who you perceive fits in that group, and it's it's a type of bigotry, and it's really uh, I hate it too. That's yeah, all I want to say. It, it sucks because like uh, I want to say most millennials, maybe not the youngest ones, mm-hmm. but most of us we when they're like you don't know what it's like to be without your phone. It's like we grew up. In a time where I still had a tape, you know, the the little cassette, uh, what do they call the, the Walkmans. Walkman. I had, you know, I recorded my Saturday morning cartoons on VHS. Like, we went out and played in, yeah. until it got dark, until my mom was screaming in the neighborhood, and it yeah. got awkward. Streetlights um, are on. Streetlights are on. Like, that's, like, my, my childhood. And then we, I got a Game Boy when I turned 10 years old. Like, oh, it was a yellow Game Boy, and I had... Pokemon Silver. I didn't get to do the the original ones, but now, Silver was, it, was still good. Was it Game Boy Color? Or it was, was Game it, Boy uh, Color because okay, okay. we were po- poor when the Game Boy came out. So like that was my big Christmas gift, and my brother got a scooter. I'm trying to think of when I, where I was when I got my very very first Game Boy, but I mean it was the old was, school. Yeah, that was like brick. mid early early nineties. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, I'm trying to think. But anyway, but yeah, okay. Uh, so yeah, I mean we we got a little bit of everything. We were kind of luckily we were young enough to where we could adapt to this new change in technology, mm-hmm. but now we. We have to use this technology. Yeah. Like it's, we all do. Yeah, and the, the leaps and bounds in technology that have happened just in the last 20 years, just mm-hmm. as millennials are growing into adults, is is uh, is staggering. So, right. of course, the, that's one of the things that people shake their finger at and say, you don't know. But that's because it's so good now. It's it's, it's much easier. Like, my, if I had had one of these things when I was a teenager or a 20-year-old, of course I'd be looking at it all the right. time. My favorite is, like, when people are complaining. And we had a lot of people complain when I posted it on Facebook uh, that some schools are thinking of getting rid of analog clocks because that was a huge discussion. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, be, like, at the schools, because kids aren't reading them anymore. And they're like, well, they need to teach them. I'm like, okay, well, if you mm-hmm. believe that reading an analog clock is that important which you're allowed to believe that sure. then teach your own kid right like we are living in a world how often are we looking at analog clocks like everything mm-hmm. is digital like at some point someone probably said why do we have these dang fangled you know <laughs> wristwatch <laughs> when we have perfectly good sundial out here right it's like <laughs> things change and my favorite i did see um because people were also complaining about you know not teaching kids cursive anymore it's like really you only need that for your signature your yeah. signature can be anything true um 
but they, I saw an article that was saying, I don't know why kids are so reliant on paper these days when it's like, do they not, they don't like the chalk on their hands. It's like, what are they going to do when they run out of paper? <laughs> like, like, I'm just like, it's, everyone will always complain about the next generation about something. So. Oh yeah, that's, that's human nature. That's just, it's what's going to happen. I'm yeah. going to try to keep that in mind in like 10, 15 years. Yep. Yeah, be be smart about I that. I will try. I've run into a few yes. of those, and I and I have to remind myself and sit back and say, yeah, but the other thing too. Yes, so yeah. Like, do you remember what it's like? Uh, yep. Uh, <laughs> so Corey from Renton actually messaged us shortly after the the Father's Day episode because I realized the Father's Day episode, like we did like a Father's Day. What should I get my dad on a Wednesday? Oh yeah. And then that Sunday was Father's Day. I kind of scrambled. I bought my dad a uh, like. <laughs> You know those metal cups that you drink when you go camping and stuff? They're usually the, the blue ones the with the speckles. No, oh, no. they're like oh, the metal the, speckle the, ones. Yeah, it's the uh, ceramic coating, whatever yeah, you call that, like enamel. Yeah, it's a tin can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I found one that was a coffee mug, like that, like a oh. carrier, like one that you can take like in your car and put in the cup holder. Oh, that's cool. And it has like a little screw on top. It just looks so pretty. And my dad loves to drink beverages out of there, like coffee or water, because yeah. he says it tastes so much better. So I found it. Got, I paid for same-day shipping, and I got yeah, it yeah. days later. Oh. Thank you. I got I got very lucky. My uh, my stepfather uh, is uh, he's one of those guys that he's he's lived long enough that he has all the stuff he needs. Mm-hmm. Like he he is impossible to shop for, except that he does enjoy his tequila. Ooh. So generally speaking, do uh, you go with one he likes, or do you go and venture off and do something different? See, usually I like to alternate. Okay. So like last year was a special year. I got him a uh, I got him a, 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 a really nice Resposado that was uh, from the from the fancy shelf at Total Wine and More. Uh, this year it was just Cuervo. Okay. And we also uh, went out uh, to the bar on Father's Day uh, and we had some shots. Heck yeah. Yeah. I love it. Super simple to shop for that guy. But like guys always seem a little bit more tricky to buy for. I mean, like our dads, I should say, because. Unless it's like something they like, I feel like a jerk. Cause my dad's like, I kind of need this uh, saw, and it's a couple hundred bucks. I'm like, okay, well, tell me what it is, and he didn't tell me what it was. But yeah. it, it's uh, it's kind of weird. Like you wouldn't give a woman like a dishwasher, even though she'd need one. Even if she said, I need one of these. Yes, they have to specifically said, give me this for Mother's right. Day. But like that's why I feel kind of like a jerk. Like you don't give mm-hmm. your dad more stuff to do more work with, right? Night and day, man. Night and right. day. Um, but he did give some suggestions. So if you do have a birthday coming up for a father or mm. something coming going along or whatever it is, an anniversary, um, his uh, suggestions were black rifle coffee, straight razor shaving kits or colognes or something, or Ooh, grill man. your ass off products. Got my dad the box of ass from grill your ass off. <laughs> kind of spendy, but worth it since they love to grill. They got good stuff like uh, Ross Patterson Revolution and Drinking Bros led me there. And uh, good luck, ladies. You guys are awesome and listening for the first time. So I appreciate you listening. Yay. Um, but now we do have some advice for, oh. from some people that Here I figured go. you can help me with. All right. So I'll give you a little context. So Joe uh, texted in a while ago, says that he has a female best friend. Okay. This one, uh, this female lives two and a half hours away, and they you know can never really get their schedules down to hang out. Uh, his girlfriend is a little bit on the jealous side. He, she doesn't feel comfortable, but whenever he brings both women together to hang out, mm-hmm. it turns out into more girly time. Because sure. they're into this, like, so... Him and his best friend are into similar stuff, and then the best friend and the girlfriend are into similar stuff. So, and I know because I've been this girl in this position too. Mm-hmm. You feel like you have to overcompensate, and you have to talk to the girl more so they don't feel threatened. Sure. Um. So it's just he. So she always brings him like whenever females are involved and stuff. So he just doesn't feel like he he feels like the third wheel basically. Um. But it's like he's talked to his girlfriend several times. She just reminds him how uncomfortable she is with him being alone with other females. Um. And it's like, how do I do this without lying to her? 
without making her uncomfortable, like, or and basically avoiding drama. And so we had talked about that as a very tricky situation to yeah. be in. It's like maybe doing a sit down, like kind of even talking to your friend and saying, hey, you know, I know you guys are going to want to talk about girly stuff, but let's try to have our talk too. Like, I know it's going to be hard, but you're going to have to lead the conversation into doing this. And that might still be uncomfortable, but that might be a thing to do. Mm-hmm. So he did uh, write in with more information. It's uh, about the friend-girlfriend triangle. He's been with his girlfriend for five years now. Her name is Jen. And all her previous relationships were serious before uh, it turned out that, let's see, uh, I know all of her previous relationships she was serious with before me turned out to be cheating on her. So all her serious relationships were all, which I'm I'm not surprised because I have Mm -hmm. a few friends like this where they immediately think their boyfriend is cheating on them because all their previous boyfriends were. Yeah. Even though... They're not. They're not. You invent something that may, may not be there. Yeah. It's like, and that's why I categorize her as more uncomfortable or paranoid over jealousy in my mind. It is a fear of it ever happening again, and I do what I can not to make her feel that way. The thing is that initially prompted me to ask her advice was because my friend just got out of a bad, controlling relationship, and she drove down to my place to get out of town and to make her feel better. While she was here, the thing she just wanted most was a good hug. The deep, warm hug that makes you feel safe, and I'm really good at those. I do have to give a shout out to our buddy Glenn Cannon from mm-hmm. Windowpane. You also hear him on the Migs cast. He gives the best hug. So I understand some people you just. Confirmed. Like you just, I, I, I sometimes wait for him on Tuesdays before I have to go to my next thing. Because I'm like, <laughs> I just want my Glenn hug. Because in like uh, same with Wyatt only from Wyatt only in the wreckage. Like he's mm-hmm. the same way. We actually had this conversation because it's a genuine hug. Have not hugged Wyatt. You should. Yet. Um, it's, and it's not a sexual thing. It is not a romantic thing. It's just that comfort where you mm-hmm. are human so yeah, I, I definitely well. i understand what you mean about those hugs um but she knows how my girlfriend is and i didn't want to do that in front of her so i walked her to her car to leave was basically the only time i can get uh thank you for your advice last week uh i will use that next time when i see my friend i feel like there's not a whole lot of great advice short of therapy that i can get the situation sharing but but sharing this info might make it a little better yeah i do think because of those issues she's going to need to take care of those herself. Mm-hmm. Not so much that you can't be there with her, but that's something that's going to plague her for the rest of her life if she does not go in and get that taken care of. Right. Whether it's like, there's different types of therapy too. There's the, hey, like, let's just, let me talk it out and figure this out. But there's also the ones that kind of, and I think Sage could probably explain this a little better next time we have her on the podcast, where you basically train to rethink, retrain your brain to think differently. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like cognitive behavior therapy, I believe. And uh, some, some, right. something like that might come might be beneficial for her. The the kind of thing that people do if they're trying to get over um, uh, different other types of anxiety and things like that is just is exactly that. You just have to retrain your brain. And there are methods, there are steps, there are people, specialists who can help you with right. this. And if it is a real prohibitive problem, maybe go find that help. Right. And that's uh, and that's kind of where like I am. Like I have a friend who keeps telling me these things. She's like, I can tell you every single day that your brain is being an a hole and is lying to you. <laughs> your brain is lying to you. She's like, but I am not a professional, and you're like this might not. You might listen to me, but you might not. So go talk to a, a professional who might help you get that message through your head. Right. Um, another piece of advice. This actually came to me on my fam- my personal Facebook page. And um, comes from Aaron. It says, um, so I had a few messages with you, and I had messaged BJ a little while ago, but I wanted to message you to see if you can help. So I've had horrible luck with females, and I don't have very good social skills. I never know how to approach someone or what to say, and I w- was hoping that maybe you can give me some pointers. Um, he was trying to hope up to meet up but i'm a busy gal so I'm like, i could that. barely meet up with like my best friend right now i haven't seen her in like a month um yeah, we're doing this in a car uh, on right. the way to yes. an appointment right now yes he's uh chris is driving yeah thank you for that <laughs> hey pick a lane 
Uh, but basically, like, what is some advice to somebody who has doesn't have very good social skills and has horrible luck with the females? Like, how does he get a conversation started? Unfortunately, I've noticed here in Seattle, and I had a conversation with an Uber <laughs> driver recently. Uh, people aren't very social. It's yeah. very hard to get a conversation out of somebody here in this area. And Chris, being a nerdy guy, but yep. you are a social guy, also which true. I'm sure you've had a lot of nerdy friends. What do you? What would you suggest? What I usually tell people uh, about this because uh, and. I've always had, I've always been an awkward guy. Um, I have, in the past, had difficulty making friends, and I can't point at exactly when that changed, but for most of my adult life, I have had very little uh, trouble making friends and getting to know people and being able to speak at least in a relatively eloquent manner uh, as opposed to falling all over myself and stammering, which I still do sometimes, and then (laughs) I just play it off like it's funny, and it works. It's it's hard to to recommend for people because I know that uh, that kind of social anxiety is uh, can be crippling, can be debilitating. Especially when you find somebody you're physically or yep. you want some romantic interest there. I just it just occurred to me like something that really helps with you or like something that kind of makes me realize what your personality is. You're an actor. True. You've studied acting. You've done acting. All that stuff. I'm wondering if in this situation with something like improv classes, just in general with all mm-hmm. kinds of social anxiety, so like to help improve your social skills, maybe like an improv class or an acting class, because sometimes that's kind of how you have to do it. Like, I mean, when I was a server, I realized that I was kind of practicing my improv because someone will make a comment. You got to be quick. You got to yeah. say yes. You got to be, you know, sociable. You got to smile. You got so it kind of puts you in a different element. Sometimes I think for me, because I'm actually I get really I get social anxiety, too, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Or, like, there's just way too many people. Or if I don't know anybody, I kind of freak out. I'm like, I'm just going to go retreat in the corner here and not talk to anybody. But if you pretend you're a character, it makes it that much easier. And eventually you won't need that character anymore. I swear. I'm going to check because I'm pretty sure you're just a little bruja there because that's exactly what I was going to say. Damn. Uh, what it boils down to is fake it till you make it. But, yes, yes. what I learned uh, it, through acting classes and uh, improv and studying theater is that – the more I had to put on an emotion, the easier it became for me to feel that emotion. Mm-hmm. And confidence is on that list. And, well, of course, so is uh, fear, anger, and all, sorrow, that other sorrow, all the bad stuff. But the good stuff, if you can learn how to act happy mm-hmm. or act confident, eventually it's kind of like it's kind of like a workout, like a muscle workout where you eventually you build up that muscle, you build up that ability to then uh, pr- project that confidence, right. project that happiness. And and if this this is a path that I think is exactly where it worked out for me. And clearly, Vicki, you've got a, a very similar story yeah, about it. But like, if that's something you can look into, I say give it a shot. And uh, I think they've done studies saying that if the people who smile more, even if you don't want to smile, if you're smiling, it kind of tricks your brain into thinking that you are happy. Yep. So it's just about tricking your brain. All of these little tips and tricks are about tricking your brain mm-hmm. or even like with the whole like uh, like when we were talking about earlier about like going to therapy to kind of retrain your brain. It's like your brain is lying to you because your brain's an a-hole. Yes. Spoiler so. alert, your brain's an a-hole. Anything that names itself, think about it, <laughs> is a complete a-hole. <laughs> So, I mean, that might just definitely be a good thing just in general in life, whether it's for work or for, you know, personal stuff, anything like romantic interests. I think that's a definitely a good way to go. And let us know how it, it, how that works out if you do decide to do that there, yeah. Aaron. And good luck. Jeez. Yeah. Let us know. Uh, another message we got uh, looking for advice. So I will preface this. His name is Michael. I had to reply right away okay. because I need to make sure I'm like 
<laughs> I had to reply to this. We got to get I on went. this for I, you, like, I couldn't wait till the podcast. You're getting the A-team right now. But uh, I will read you what he wrote. He's like, I've got a question that needs a woman's perspective. Oh. Well, he's got my perspective already. We'll get Chris's as I'll well. I'll give it a shot. My fian- fiance has recently come out as bisexual. She and I have been together for almost six years, and this is the first time she's been able to come out. I'm completely supportive, but my male brain is going a million miles an hour with all the possibilities. She is attracted to girls who take charge and dominate her, not in a bondage way, just a leading the dance, if you will. Mm-hmm. She even has a particular taste, petite or short with tattoos or more metal or alternative style. Mm-hmm. She's always wanted to have that happen to her, but hasn't had the opportunity. My question is, should I try to help set something up or just hope that one day she'll find a girl that they'll like each other and that could lead to something with all of us in the bedroom? My first priority would, uh, before having a threesome, is making sure she's happy. So I want to make sure I do this the right way if I have pardon at all. Thanks. And apparently, like, he also had, like, she dated this one guy for seven years, and I dated him when I was in fourth grade. <laughs> he was my fourth grade boyfriend Aww. for about a year, but we never talked. Yeah. And then I broke up with him when I wanted another boyfriend when I was 10, and I did it over the phone. Oh. So suck it, Jason. <laughs> yeah, Jason. You, oh. I, know, sh- I feel bad for you, Jason. I, that's I, rough I don't. Little kid. <laughs> I don't. He didn't care. Uh, but he brings it up like he did. So yeah. that's why I say suck it. <laughs> um, so one of the things that he did say in like the message as well, because I said, if she said she does not want, she wants it to happen organically, because that was one of the other things he mentioned in the next message. Um, she wanted it to happen organically. She didn't want him to help. Okay. Guess what? That's your answer. Yeah. Don't push it on her. You don't need to worry about anything else. If she has said that to you, then you need to lean on that part. But if it is a concern and you're not 100% sure about where she's coming from on this, the only advice I can give is the advice I give to everybody when it comes to any relationship, being open and honest and frank about what you're feeling is your best policy every time. It's going to suck sometimes. It's going to be hurtful, and it's going to be painful. It's going to be very, very difficult for you to do. But in the end, you will get the answer you need, and you will be closer because of it. It, it Yeah, definitely, especially if this is something she has just recently come out with. It, like, it's probably been in her head for many years trying to figure it out. She doesn't need it to be pushed. And I know that you're really excited about the possibilities of threesomes and all that fun stuff. Sure, but this, who wouldn't be? Honestly, at right now is not about you. Right. Oh, yeah, exactly. This is, this Listen is, to this, Vicky. This is not about you. Eventually, you guys can talk and communicate and make it something. But right now, it's about her figuring out. And if you're okay with her having these relationships with females, if they do happen, like, you have to also communicate what lines are there. It's like, are you allowed to have an actual relationship? Or is this just physical relationships? Um, if they're in a relationship with this person, do you, are you allowed to be in this relationship with this person, too? There's just so many... Not one bisexual relationship is the same. Like when you're in a couple with them having the partners, it's different. Because sometimes it's like, okay, you do what you're going to do and that's it. Don't bring them back or it's bring them back or they have to be a part of this. It has to be our unicorn. You have to set up those lines uh, with her, what you're comfortable with. But she's also got to set her lines with what she's comfortable with. So just kind of let her. I know it's exciting and I know you want to help. And like you, like he says, uh, we would remain monogamous. Oh, that's right. Um, Mm -hmm. And have some fun here and there, but just make sure, like she's comfortable. Let her do it because this is her her thing. If uh, Michael, if if you are coming at this from a point of you love this person and uh, and you want them to be happy and you want your relationship to work, uh, even though there is this new wrinkle, this new fold in your relationship, as long as you are coming at it from that point first and foremost, then. Anything else you do after that mm-hmm. is, is going to be totally above board. And you just right. make sure that you know what 
you expect out of this. And right. if, if it's just to have some fun, it's just to have some fun. But right. know that, and that's important too. Yeah, and like he does mention, it's like he doesn't like the idea of basically fully being with the other girl mm. in that situation. Oh. But he like he likes the idea of watching it or like kind of doing stuff like sure. and that's and that's totally fine. Those are the lines that you are allowed to draw or even say, you know what, this is I don't really feel like doing this, but it, if it happened, would this be okay? Mm-hmm. Just yeah, just definitely talk about it and don't push her into anything that she's not feeling. She wants to meet right. someone organically at a party, awesome. But you're you're allowed to suggest, hey, if you want to meet these kind of people, suggest maybe those types of parties. Right. Go find the, like hey, I found this club that do, does these hosts these events. Mm-hmm. How about this? So, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but don't be like, I met this girl, meet her right now. Yeah, She's no, your vibe. don't do that. No. Don't do that. How about that as well? No. Anyways, but yes, please feel free to text or message us. We love getting these uh, yeah. these messages from you guys for sure. Um, but I did find a, an article that says uh, 11 things that are making people less attractive. Oh, this will be fun. So I figure, you know, kind of jumping into. So I got to have at least eight or nine of them. Right. <laughs> I feel like I don't know if they're you, but I think this is some things are going to make you cringe. Oh, okay. Like Fair things enough. that you're not gonna like. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Um because I'm very shallow. <laughs> well, I mean it's <laughs> it's it's like, you know, I like, you know, beauty's the eye of the beholder and yeah. but there's little things in life that I've met guys where I'm like, You are very attractive and then they say something like awful. Oh, all it's right. like you this are not attractive to me anymore. <laughs> oh, suddenly oh, you're so, pretty you're not attractive. It's like, uh, what does my mom say? It's like, te ves más bonito con la boca cerrada. <laughs> you look prettier with your mouth closed. Prettier with your mouth closed. Uh, number one on this list, I feel like Chris. Okay. Bad grammar. Oh. Seriously, it's like. I, yeah, I have a, I have a reputation on the show uh, 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 for being wordy and for having uh, this big vocabulary and things like that. Half of that is shtick and half of that is, yeah, I was an English major in school. I had to be. It's the only way I could get my theater classes at some of the colleges I went to. But. I was also brought up in a household where proper diction and using the right tense and grammar and all of these things and vocabulary were very, very important. Mm -hmm. So I had it trained into me at a very, very young age. So now if I'm out somewhere and I'm speaking with someone and they uh, they don't have good grammar or at least normal grammar, then, yeah, it's grating. And I have trouble looking at them in the same light uh, (laughs) right after something like that happens. Seriously. See, uh, apparently, they, like one study found that a majority of men and women admitted that they reject online suitors solely because of brad- bad grammar and misspellings on their dating profile. Yep. And uh, a 75% of a whopping 9,000 online daters polled in the study also said that they would most definitely reject a suitor who failed to pass a fifth grade spelling bee. Yeah, yeah if you couldn't pass, oh, come on, yes. Here's the thing. I'm, like, I'm really bad yeah. speller. I don't judge anybody who's spells anything wrong okay. like it like if they act, like they were trying really hard to spell it and Spelling you can tell is a different beast autocorrect probably got the wrong one right i don't judge them for that or they mm-hmm. accidentally left a letter in like you can tell that was a typo yeah it wasn't because they you, don't you, know your fat finger then you get an i and an o at the same time no big right deal. i don't i don't judge on that no. i do judge the uh there there and there <laughs> or the you your and your well, because it's so out there like if you haven't seen something on it telling right. you how to get it right then you are not you're not spending right. enough time on the internet and I mean, like, I'll, I'll let it go once or twice. Sometimes you're just going to rush and you're just ty- trying to type it out. I, I try to forgive it, but it does. It I see the bad mm-hmm. grammar. There's some people, especially, like, people when I was in high school, so this was a good, like, 10-plus years ago, okay. the speak that was really popular was the shorthand. And oh, now people will make fun of you yeah. for that, for, like, people, PPL, or um, BRB, which nobody ever says BRB anymore because we're always on the internet. 
Yeah, there's no there's nowhere else to go. You take it with you. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but just stuff like that or like um, great is G-R with the, with le- the number, number eight. eight. Yeah. See, that just looks really dumb now. It's funny because that was the norm. And yeah. I feel like if you still kind of write that, that way, it kind of like it kind of like my brain twitches a little bit like, no, no. I wonder about that sometimes and whether or not it had to do with the fact that on our cell phones, <laughs> kids Look it up. Uh, on our cell phones, we used to have to press like, like if you wanted to put the letter S into your text message, mm-hmm. you had to press that eight button like seven times right. or whatever. <laughs> and before and we God, had God forbid you had two S's together. Yeah, before we had keepers, or it was just the alphanumeric mm-hmm. pad. And, and oh, so I, I wonder if it was born out of that. But that's gone. Well, so that's that and starting I think to fade. Messengers and stuff, because I was really into mm-hmm. like, there was chat rooms. And I know that seems like a weird thing, but we had chat with roulette. <laughs> If you guys know what that is. Oh, I used to use ICQ. That's how, ICQ. That's how old I am. <laughs> I don't know that one. Yep, look it up, kids. I think we do, like, my fr- I'd go to my friend's house and we would chat with guys over the internet, which looking back, I'm like, holy crap, Hello. I was 11. That was probably not a good idea. Nope. Uh, 11 or 12. Um, but we would chat with people on, like, go guy on, or guy online. Mm-hmm. And what was the other one? Uh, MSN. Like, I accidentally made a pen pal in... I don't know how. I made a pen pal in England and I made a pen pal, but that was via email. And then mm. my like back when email was still like, this, yeah. this is it how I'm going to communicate. Yeah. And now it's like, I don't want to check my email. Yeah. Uh, uh, that was before spam was invented, kids. Right. I had a pen pal from uh, Brazil. Nice. And I, it there was a glitch uh-huh. is how we became pen pals was uh, he was friends with one of my friends. She was from Venezuela. And I don't know how they were friends. I think like she was a friend that lived here in the States with me. She was my I went to school with her. Mm-hmm. And he just popped up on my MSN list of friends. I don't know how. And I'm like, who are you? And we kind of figured out, oh, we know this person. But he spoke Portuguese right. and some Spanish and very little English. And I only like spoke Spanish and English. Mm-hmm. So it was basically us three-way trying to figure, like, mushing three <laughs> languages together <laughs> until we kind of figured out what we were saying. So that was our friendship. It was fun. Span of Portuguese. But I, by the way, I recently tried to get back into my Hotmail account. Right. That was a process. I oh, forgot my man. password. And I can't find any of my old emails. They don't have them anymore. I keep that one active and I give it to um, like businesses and, and like mm-hmm. online stuff. If like, they have to give out an email to, to buy something mm-hmm. or whatever, they get the Hotmail account. Because I just every, every once a week I go through and I delete like 800 messages because it's all junk. Spam. Yep. But uh, yeah, I haven't used this in like 10 years because I think I last used it in college and I realized this is a really dumb email to use. Because like my thir- when I was 13, my friend made it for me. Yeah. I'm like, I should had change to, had my a name. name. like Rocker Girl 1824. Sexy soccer chick. Sexy soccer chick. I did not chick. come up with this. I was 13, wow. and my friend, I played soccer with her brothers. All and right. so she, I'm like, I don't know what my name should be. What do you, what do you think it should be? And she came up with it. Mm-hmm. So give me a number. I'm like, that's my favorite number. Okay, I'm putting it in there. Like, it was bad. But so, yeah. uh, grammar. Grammar. Number two. <laughs> um, apparently, another thing that uh, makes you less attractive is your youthful looks. Huh? It's like you may think appearing youthful is an advantage in the dating world, but that's not always the case because one study found that when individuals are born to parents who are over the age of 30, they are less likely to be attracted to people with young faces. So if oh. your parents were um, over 30 when you were born, you probably like people that look a little older. Teenagers. Right. I don't know. So that's interesting. Like, I mean, I do. My parents No, were, I mean, my parents were teenagers when yeah. I was born. Sorry. So, oh. <laughs> uh, 18, but still. Yes. I would say my parents were. I was. My mom was twenty three and my dad was twenty five. Okay, still pretty young. Yeah, but I'm like I do dig the guys that are like in the thirties, like thirty thirty five. Even though I'm almost twenty nine, so I'm not. It's not that far off. 
I was trying to do the math the other day, and I was thinking about it. If I, if I had had a kid the same age uh, that my parents were when I was born, that would be... I'd have a 17-year-old oh. right now. Does that math work out? I'm going to check my calculator. But if I, had, if I had a kid the year my mom, was, my mom had me, I would have a five-year-old or a six-year-old. Mm-hmm. That's weird. Or I, my favorite one is if you got pregnant the very first time you had sex, how old would your kid be today? Mine would be very first time I was 15 – so give it nine months, I would have been 16. Uh-huh. So that's a good 13, 14 years later. So I'm going to answer both questions for you right now because oh. math is not my thing. Uh, if I had had a child at the same age that uh, I was when I was born to my parents, uh, my, my son or daughter would be 26 years old right now. Holy crap. You'd be, you'd be dating my child. Oh, I wouldn't be. Sarah would. I'm 28, Fair. almost 29. She I, is I know 26. what kind of kid yeah. I would have. Uh, but <laughs> if if I had had a child uh, the first time Sarah I had could be your kid. sex, I was going to say, Sarah could, I'd, I've never done this math before, and Sarah could absolutely be my kid. I could be, if Steve actually had sex in high school, I could be his teenage mistake. I think like, I think he's only, like he's 17 oh. years older than me, 16 years oh. older than me. I didn't, I didn't, I could have done that math in my head. What was it? Uh, it's 25. Oh. I was, ni- I was 19 the first okay. time I had sex. So it was, it, You'd have I, a 25-year-old. I'm like putting it in the calculator. Guys, spoiler alert, I math. do not do math. I math thought you were smarter than thing. this, but it's only when it comes to English yeah, and words. Yeah, ask me, ask me a, a grammar question or a, a, <laughs> yeah, a sentence structure <laughs> question, but math, forget it. All right. Um, so uh, another thing that might make you look more attractive, if you're a man trying to attract a woman, you I'm might- Less attractive. Yeah, no, but according to this, oh, okay. like the shirt off your back could make you less attractive because if you're a man looking to attract a woman, you may consider donning a red shirt. This study shows that women perceive men in red as more powerful and attractive, and those are two important characteristics when choosing a mate. I'm not going to lie. Red Fest, there yeah. was a few that I'm like, I saw, like people I know already yeah. wearing red shirts, and I'm sitting here like, ah, I'm like, ready. they were looking so much better, and it didn't occur to me until just now. I'm like, that's probably why. Damn that's fair. All. That's fair. There's a lot of science behind that. I won't. I won't bore you with all of it right now. But it has to do with the way that our eyes perceive colors, mm-hmm. and and red being the most dominant color right. in existence that we can see with right. our eyeballs. That's yeah. all. And this wasn't just men. I, there's some girls too. I'm like, yep. Oh, so little pretty. red dress is, is a hell of a thing. Or, or a little red bikini. Little red bikini. It, there is, <laughs> and there is a reason. And it's all about. It's all about light. Uh, one of the other things that makes you seem less attractive is when you cake on the makeup. True. Because it seems like everyone's just kind of looking for the natural look. Um, and there is a video that kind of explains, like, they found in two studies regarding to makeup looks men find attractive, and apparently less is more. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of silly because we do get what I see online. People, guys are like, oh, my God, this girl's so beautiful, so sexy. But they're the girls that in pictures, when they cake on the makeup, it looks normal. But when mm-hmm. you meet these people in real life, because... Here's the thing. When you watch movie makeup, if you go to a play or even a photo shoot, because mm-hmm. I've done photo shoot makeup on me, I went out and people were staring at me because yeah. it is just way too much. Yep. Um, you see something on camera, it alters it yes. massively, mm-hmm. you know, and, and with filters and with lighting and all of these other things. And da, 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 da. I'm just talking about a woman that I see on the street mm-hmm. walking by. Less yes. is definitely more. Yes. It's so I just a heads up. Agree. Yeah. Because the same guys that complain, like, oh, I like my girls looking natural, also think these mm-hmm. girls are the, like, the smoke shows. I'm like, they're not the same thing. 
which is not to say that under the right circumstances, a lot of makeup is cool. Like yeah, I mean, it's gorgeous. Yeah, something. I love, like, if you want, really if you want makeup, it. you freaking do it. Yeah. But just know that, like, if you're doing it because you feel like you have to impress somebody, Mm-mm. don't you're do it. If you're doing it for yourself, go for it. Oh, yeah. I feel At the like end of the day, do what you want to do. Exactly. Uh, apparently, your appetite could also be something that makes what? you less attractive. Because it says one study found that hungry men perceive women with higher body weight as being more attractive. So if you're a guy that's mm-hmm. hungry and you see a girl that has a higher body weight, they're going to be more attractive. But the men who had mm-hmm. something to eat and were no longer hungry, they no longer reported finding those same women quite as attractive. Huh. Wonder why that is. That's weird. I've never heard of this. This is there, there's some weird brain chemistry, science, calorie intake. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That's that's it. that's actually really interesting. Yeah, I've, I I'd guess love to see the study. This person says it's like uh, I'm not sure what the lesson to take away from this fact. However, I'm a big advocate for one, looking however you want to look, and two, not being hungry. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. for not being hungry. I'm a big fan of both of those things. Yeah. I, I know back then that they perceived like women who were who were rounder to be you know of wealth or more attractive. Right, you could afford to food. feed yourself. Yeah, you could eat. Mm-hmm. And also you uh, had a better potential to survive childbirth. Yes. So you were perceived as a more viable mate. I got big old hips, so yep. bring on the babies. Bring on the <laughs> I've had a couple guys that are like, I love your hips. And then I realized <laughs> these are the same guys that want to have a lot of babies. They are genetically like, predisposed mm. to prefer that type of a look. And it's 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 a thing. <laughs> No, seriously, like I've had conversations with guys <laughs> before and they're like, yeah, I really want to have like a big family. And then I realized, <laughs> oh, why that's why. to me about the, oh. And I'm like, that, like, like, I mean, it naturally came up to that. And then I realized how like they're obsessed with my lower half. I'm like, oh, it's biology. I get They're you. just after you for your baby maker. My baby maker. Yeah, the factory <laughs> is open. Wait. I mean, maybe not. No. Side note, I think I've talked about this on the podcast. I got a lovely little implant hanging out in my uterus to prevent any babies, which is awesome. Seriously, no, like get if no, you no, are no, not no, wanting no, no, any no, no, of the babies, no, no, no. IUD all the way. Thank yeah. you, Marina. Uh, Moving on. <laughs> calm down. <laughs> I'm calm. I'm perfectly calm. Uh, number six, your table manners. So um, yeah. when you're scarfing down food in front of a potential romantic interest, Mm-mm. maybe, you know, the, like they might just be kind of are grossed out. Are we eating wings? I don't know. There are circumstances where scarfing is required. However, in general, yeah, I'd have to agree with this one as well. Dang it. Like, most of it's covered up from an ad. Oh, this I know ads. I want to save the children, but I can't read the rest of the article, and there's no way to remove it. Like, I don't want to sound like a snob, but that, that can be very, very unattractive. Yeah. Un- unappealing, you know? I just think, like, it's the people who chew with their mouth open. That's oh, what pisses me off. That's a deal breaker. That I'm just like, close your mouth. And there's some people that, you know, if, if you're eating something hot or spicy, okay, but... There's foods That's that are different. gonna be messy. Yeah. I usually can, or if we're at a nice place, like yeah, it depends on the place. Like, don't burp. Do like a big old belch. It, okay, so I'm kind of weird because like I think farting's funny, True. but some people the way they burp gets under my skin. And some people don't like. Sometimes the way Danny does it, it sounds like he's trying to push it out and vomit at the same time. And I'm like, oh god, yes, please I've stop. Heard that. <laughs> and I'm like, oh god, uh. stop it. Sorry, if like, that, sorry no, if that was too much for the uh, radio, but yeah, <laughs> I, I, I know exactly the burp she's talking about, and it's it's it gets under my skin sometimes. And it's just like I mean, if it's just like a regular like cartoony burp, like burp, yep. I'm like okay, whatever, that's funny. I like to say the word burp when I burp. burp. <laughs> I think it's hysterical. <laughs> I think Rev does the same thing. <laughs> um, but apparently, yeah, chew with your mouth closed. Chew with your mouth closed. You know, you know, just. And I'm not a, I'm not use one of these napkin. like get your elbows off the table. Kind I don't of guy. care. That's yeah, not, that's not a thing. But yeah, yeah, use your napkin. Yeah, don't chew with your mouth open. The thing that really gets me is when Take I'm eating with somebody bite. and I really want to go over and do the mom thing. But when they're eating like something like wings, it's like yeah. for me if I get smudges on my face, I'll you know finish that thing and wipe my face. Quickly. Keep eating, wipe my face. 
that's just me. When I see somebody with like sauce all over their face, barbecue or whatever it is, I'm like, are you four? Yeah. Like, can't you? Like, it just, it looks, they look very Neanderthalish to me. I know a few people like this. With with like vinegar and salt and things in them, that would make you break out. Yeah, that's going to irritate your skin. Yeah, totally. Plus, it's like that's sauce you're leaving on your face. Why won't you lick that up? Save that. Somebody worked hard for this. This is interesting. Okay. So, Something that can make you look less attractive is a smidge of stubble versus a boast-worthy beard. So both gay men and straight women prefer men whose faces appear more masculine. Okay. So guys, I mean, you don't really have control over how strong your jawline is or how mm-hmm. prominent your bra- uh, brows are. Right. But you do have control of the type of facial hair you choose to sport. Good point. So studies have shown that heterosexual women prefer men with one very specific type of facial hair. So... Apparently, this is the study out of a uh, Australian woman found that they consider <laughs> men with heavy stubble to be more attractive than men without facial hair or with heavy facial hair. So it's stubble, not a big old beard, and not clean shaven. Huh. So I think that's that's kind of the key. Like that's I, ultra specific. Yeah. Like, like I like I, I'd be I'd be doing pretty well in Australia right now. I think then. I feel like with mo- with guys like the fa- the baby depends on the face too. Yeah. Because if you don't have a strong jawline. Like I have a few friends when they shave. I'm like, please don't. Oh yeah, like, I've seen that too. You're just like, no, that yeah. does not. It does not fit your face. Mm-hmm. Um, be like me trying to overpluck my eyebrows. Like it's just like there's some things that do not work. Right. Um, so like a little bit of stubble usually works, and I think the big beards it takes a sort of, it's a lot for yeah. some people. It's not only is it a, a commitment for the dude, but it, it is it becomes your defining uh, feature. feature feature exactly. And and if you it's real easy for that to get out of control if you don't trim it yeah. and keep it clean. And plus, making out, I made out with guys. Some guys have really like thick, coarse facial hair. Uh, yeah. So when you go to kiss them, it like either has to be a long beard so it doesn't hurt. It's soft, or when it is like a certain length, it just hurts. And uh, it's just like I don't want to kiss you, dude. This hurts. <laughs> that year that uh, that my wife challenged me to grow my my facial hair out uh, for for a year, she she didn't. But that's a story for another day. Um, that was her one complaint: is that it was it was not pleasurable to kiss me it's just, uh, while it's, I had all of it. Yeah, yeah. Like, even, do, it, w- even the intermediate stages where it's kind of pokey is bad enough, but then once it was long enough, I it, do I do have thicker facial hair apparently. Yeah. So and she's like, no. oh. I shaved it off and 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 we kissed for like three hours. It was great. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's uh, yeah. Also, kind of figure out what kind of facial hair you got. Like if you really don't yeah. need it, you got the good jawline going. You can be if you like if you if you don't want it then shave it off. Also, if it's patchy, that just looks weird. True. My brother kind of looks like an Amish dude sometimes when he grows his out. It's really funny. Like it grow, he grows a good beard, but it's like mustache. The mustache is not. I think it's blonde. I think that's why it is. Yeah. My dad that can be a real problem. My dad has a blonde mustache too. Yeah. Eight is flashing a smile or not. So this is kind of a confusing study because it's uh, men rated uh, smiling women as more attractive, while women rated men smiling uh, less attractive. So women reported finding men more attractive if they displayed signs of pride, like a slight smile yeah. and a raised fist instead of flashing their pearly whites. Okay. And I'm like, I guess that's just, I never know. Like it's, I, I kind of see it. Like when you look at advertisements like for males, like in magazines and stuff like that, they always look brooding and mysterious. And yeah. there's not really a smile there. Yeah. But like when a woman's smiling or laughing, they, she seems more inviting. Because I'm guessing it's kind of like that whole thing we get stuck in our head. Women are bitchy if they're not smiling. Right. Which, I mean, that's not necessarily true. We just have resting bitch face sometimes. There it is. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, your attitude, definitely. Oh, um, big time. 
It's like this is when it comes to dating, there's no such thing as fake it till you make it. Whether you're online dating or meeting someone through a friend or at a bar, people can smell fakeness. So the more you try and the more you pretend to be someone that you're not and the more people are seeing right through your bluff. And of course, um, it says they we advise everyone to be confident, but don't be an arrogant and don't be aloof. Right. Yeah, there's like, a fine line between faking it till you're making it mm-hmm. and, and being fake. Now, yes. yeah, I realized earlier in this show, I advised you to fake it till you make it to, to, to feel better about yourself. But don't overdo it. Yes. <laughs> don't be a jerk it about says, it. Be confident in your skin and honest about who you are while smiling and, you know, a dazzling smile and remaining positive and hopeful about possibilities. You know, so just, all those things we told you. Yeah, yeah. basically. <laughs> also, too much personality. What do you mean, Vicky? <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Um, it says <laughs> the most important thing is humility. Like, this is um, Gonzalez, who is a, uh, excuse me, I totally lost his name, where his name was. Humility. I have got so much humility. Yes. Um, doctor. Basically, it says um, when you when she, she was referring to when she met a guy, um, went on a date, first date, this guy bragged about a six-figure salary and his nope. BMW, and nope. that just made me throw up in my mouth. Fair. It's like, that's way too much. And there's some people you meet, and they're just way too over the top for you. It's like, I don't. Don't be a braggart. Don't even try that humble brag thing because I know that's a thing and it's it's not any better. You can tell when someone's just trying to like say something cool about themselves Mm -hmm. as opposed to trying to brag. Right. It's like that's the kind of hard thing when I try to talk about my job. I'm like, oh yeah, so this is my job. I try to undersell it. Me too. And then there's like they're like, do you meet celebrities? I'm like, well, I have. Like, I'm not. Yeah. Like sometimes I don't I don't go into the list and say that this person and that person. Like, like, yeah, unless they ask. Have, like guests on the show, right? And Stefan's like, I love my job. I like what I do, and yeah. I've been doing it for a long time. And I've kind of I've gotten here because of what I've been doing. So I'm proud yeah. of it. I'm there not gonna go. lie. Yeah, um, but you don't have to lead every conversation with yeah. I'm Vicky B. Yes, cool. Hi. Hey. Hey. And that in itself sounds like a brag. Totally, totally. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it <laughs> really does, and that's why I don't I don't do that. Uh, so one of the things uh, that might actually make you look more attractive to somebody oh. is that one study found that a single most attractive trait about an individual is their creativity. So test subjects were more likely to rate a p- people portrayed as having creative pursuits and passions as attractive. I am screwed. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yes. My, my wife is very creative, actually, yes. and that's one of the best things about her. She's a very smart lady. I yeah. like her. Uh, but it did show that uh, the study also showed that that was more true for women seeking men, meaning women found men depicted as creative significantly more attractive, whereas men didn't necessarily rate women, rate creative women as more attractive. I think it was just, eh. That's why musicians are are do are as attractive to, to mm-hmm. women as they are. You know, dude plays the guitar, even if he's kind of a goofy looking dude. I'm talking to you, Ed Sheeran. You are suddenly a million percent more attractive. It's also the romantic. That's a thing. It's the romantic thing too. I oh, think for yeah. like musicians, it's like he's writing that song about yeah. me. Although I've had people say that, like, oh, I wrote this song about you. I'm like, okay, now I'm curious. Let me hear it. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, I'm curious. Like, is it like, oh, this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I know a bitch bigger than any other she bitch. She broke my heart and stole my drugs. <laughs> Vicky left me out of love. That sounds about accurate. <laughs> I was going to make a very bad joke about I was about wondering me. what happened to my truck. It's like, and I got the crabs. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Not true. I just thought it was funny. Self-deprecating humor, y'all. Oh, sorry. Yeah, there it is. Don't you need like have a carpet to make to have the crabs? Because okay, it's all hardwood floors. Next item on the list, please. We've um, already talked about your IUD. I don't need the whole. That's an IUD. Calm kitten down. Kitten caboodle, if you will. <laughs> kitten caboodle. Yeah, I did that on purpose. I lost the rest of the list. It scrolled down real fast because I was laughing. Uh, so now it's talking about osteoporosis or whatever. 
Oh, uh, posture. Osteoporosis. Oh, it's not on the list. It's an ad no. for osteoporosis. Yeah, that's yeah. moving on. Drink your milk, kids. Yes. Sit up straight. Uh, let's see. Uh, fortunately, there are ways that you can make yourself more attractive, um, yes. and there's some things that you can't like do, like like with your appearance, for example. But two non-physical traits that can instantly make someone more attractive are also the two most surprising. So humor and grammar, which we already touched on. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ability to make your partner laugh will go a long way, even if your humor is very individualized. Mm-hmm. So that is, I think, one of the biggest things, too. Like, I could not be with somebody who cannot make the same kind of jokes as me. Right. Because I've been with a guy who's he was fun and he was funny. And we were together for a very long time. But any joke I would make was way too inappropriate for him. And he'd be like, really? Grow up. And like wow. he, he, there was a few times where like I think at the beginning where it was funny, but then he started growing up quicker than I did. Oops. And like from eighteen to twenty, one. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, I still like my fart jokes. And like I've met guys where we'll sit there and he'll make a comment, like just like just a like slight comment, mm-hmm. and it's a Family Guy reference. And I go into the whole spiel and yep. the whole, and I just look at him like, yup, this is this is why this is why this is good. Um, but yeah, like if you can't make. If you can't laugh at my stupidness, if you think that's lowbrow, this isn't gonna work. Exactly. No, but what kind of humor are you like? Are you more into like the the dry British humor, or are you just into anything? Uh, humor for me is really subjective. It's one of those things where um I can I can roll with uh, uh well okay I I love a good pun and anyone who has uh, heard me blabbing on any of the other podcasts that I do knows that for a fact, but. I'll take just about anything. I like the 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 really lowbrow stuff from time to time. A good fart joke is great. I like really really blue humor. You know, mm-hmm. anything that's like super nasty and sexual that that's funny to me too. But then again, I'll I'll flip over or I'll flip over. I'll flip thro- flip over anything. I'll flip through like a, a book of kids jokes, and they're the corniest, cheesiest little things, and it's it's brilliant to me, and I will just laugh out loud. You I, are the king of puns. I thank you, thank you. I like I like to think so. And uh, uh, it's nice to hear someone else say it because otherwise it just sounds like I'm bragging. But humble hashtag puns. humble brag. Love puns so much. <laughs> They're the best pound for pound. Your best comedy investment. Um, you know, and or I'll watch. I'll watch any comedian. I mm-hmm. love. I love a good comedian. Have and, you seen, uh, by the way, a uh, comedian Ali Wong specials? Yes, her two specials on Netflix. I just got my yes. cousin into it because, like, she's very. For me, she's always seemed kind of wholesome in comparison to me. Uh-huh. And so does her husband because they're, you know, f- like he's farm raised by like a good old Catholic family. And the more I hang out with them, I realize, oh, no, you are filthy and yep. you are cut from the same cloth as me. And uh, my cousin is, too. And that's why, like, I showed it to her and she's he popped up. He's like, who is this comedian that sounds like us? I'm like, <laughs> my. Oh, my. And I was only showing it to her because she's a mom and yeah. this gal's a mom and she talks about a lot of real stuff. So right. if, you have some, if you have Netflix, go check out Ali Wong's Definitely. two specials. It's like, do, what? Do yourself a favor. Baby Cobra and Mom uh, or something. Yeah. yeah I, just, I, I, they just played on my Netflix. I wasn't yes. paying attention to the title. One of them is Baby Cobra. I forget the other one. But yeah, it's, you'll, you can find it. Ali but, Wong. You'll find it. Um, but yeah, like all kinds of humor for me, definitely. Okay. The, like the political humor sometimes will go over my head. Yeah. No, that's true. Because I'm just like, I don't know who this person is. But I mean, you're talking about a specific category of right. humor. I don't, I don't care for a lot of racist humor. Yeah. I don't care for a lot of political humor. To, racist. The reasons are very different, but I mean. The racist humor, my brother and I, which is funny as all hell, will like make racist comments and jokes to each other in mm-hmm. public places, forgetting that we do not look Mexican. <laughs> right? Yeah. See, you got to be careful about something like that. Because so, I think you're being a jerk. Yeah. So my brother will be like, wow, you dumb Mexican or something. And then we look around and people are staring at us. I'm like, dude, speak Spanish, speak Spanish. People don't know. Like, they don't know. We're too white. We're undercover, man. <laughs> um, but like him and I, like, and I have a few people that um, 
I remember I think it was uh, somebody we work with. I'm not going to reveal who it is. He is of a different uh, descent, and he used to be married to somebody that was also Mexican. Mm -hmm. And he would sit there, and we would tell, like, go back and forth telling each other. Like, I would tell him Mexican jokes and see if he's heard them, mm -hmm. and he would tell me his jokes. And he said, because him and his ex-wife used to do that all the time. Nice. They just like shoot him off at each other. Yeah, so that's a healthy relationship. So it's just like, hey, let me uh, let me tell you my racist jokes about my people, and you can tell me your racist jokes about your people, and then we would swap. Like I would do the racist jokes I've heard about his people, even though one of them I didn't understand. Um, but I, I kind of did. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you after. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> just because I'm like, maybe you could explain it to me. But I mean, yeah. most humor is cool. Yeah. Exactly. Most humor is cool. Especially if you're coming from a good place. If you're kind of doing it out of like a place of hate, you can kind of yeah. see right through that you, real quick. You can tell when that's the, when that's the case, it's too. Just it's like, like uh, uncomfortable. What? Anywho. But yeah, thank you, Chris, for joining, uh, oh. being one of the broads today. Thanks for having me, Vicky. It has been very nice. Yeah. And thank you guys for all the messages. Feel free. Send them in. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Yeah. Even email. You can also call. If you call that number... You can leave us a voicemail and we'll play it. We've had one before. Yeah, that's so cool. I like, like when people do that. Yeah, just kind of just chat. If you're drunk or if you're high or if you just want to, you know, just <laughs> chat for like, just chat. Like, it's it's a lot of fun and we'll play and we'll answer your questions. Uh, Our, if you're trapped in a building, call 911 instead. Yes. Don't call us. We, yes. we can't help. We don't check it that often. No. I'm like, I might get it popped up and I might go back to sleep. I don't. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's like, and then I get later. Oops. Well, that happened. Yeah. <laughs> I'll see you guys next week. Oh, wait, no, maybe not. We will try to do a Ooh. podcast next week, but next week is the 4th of July, so we yeah. will not be here. I will see if I can get one recorded on Monday instead, but cool. no promises. Fingers crossed. All right. Bye, guys. <laughs>